It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 13th, 2019. My name is Philip Ross and I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode, we'll talk about the Magic's win over the New Orleans Pelicans and probably give more effort than Anthony Davis did in the process and talk a little bit about what this four-game winning streak means, what it doesn't mean, and where the Magic are at as they head in toward the All-Star break with their final game coming Thursday before Nikola Vucevic heads to Charlotte and the Orlando Magic head off to the All-Star break until next Friday. So a little bit of time off for Orlando after they get through Thursday's game. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast. I work by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's one covering every single team in the NBA, plus the full league at Locked On NBA and Fantasy Basketball at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. You can find all that information on iTunes just by searching for Locked On and the team you're looking for, as well as MLB, NFL, and Colleges too. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Just search on iTunes or tell your smart device, no matter what it is, whether you're in the car, whether you're at home, to search for podcast, Locked On, and the team you are looking for. Yesterday, on yesterday's podcast, I said that the Orlando Magic's game against New Orleans Pelicans was, was really hard to figure out. Because right now, New Orleans is going through extreme turmoil. And, and, and you can't talk about this Pelicans team without acknowledging the situation they're going through and, and the struggles that they're going through and and just the odd scenario and situation that the Pelicans are going through as a franchise. Their star player has asked to be traded. They tried vigorously to trade him. They couldn't find a taker. The NBA then forced them to play him or suffer a fine for each game that he missed. And so the Pelicans are playing Anthony Davis roughly 25 to 30 minutes per game. And so whether the Pelicans could compete, could win, seems to be dependent on whether Davis actually plays and cares. It's becoming increasingly clear through two games since the trade deadline happened that the Pelicans' effort level goes up and down. And they look a little bit lost and disjointed. And so maybe that cheapens what I'm about to say, but the Orlando Magic made sure the Pelicans could not get up off the mat. They put him down early, they kept him down, and were never threatened. A 118-88 victory for the Orlando Magic over the New Orleans Pelicans for their fourth straight win. A game where Anthony Davis scored what is a career low for a game that he played at least 20 minutes, scoring three points on one-for-nine shooting. shooting. Three points on one-for-nine shooting for Anthony Davis, one of the five, you know, one of the ten best players in this league. Orlando just took it to New Orleans early, and frankly, Davis looked like he didn't want to play defense, and the Pelicans team just sort of followed suit. 
It was an ugly game for New Orleans. I, I rarely give out a straight F to any team. That game got a straight F. So New Orleans, not at their best. And that's, that's, that's fully, we need to recognize that and really recognize that about this four-game win streak. They faced a Minnesota team that's going through its struggles. They faced a Milwaukee team without Giannis Antetokounmpo. They faced a Hawks team that's not very good, although they did beat the Lakers on Tuesday night. And then they beat a Pelicans team that has turmoil of its own. But don't, you know, the opponent, but the opponent matters, makes it easier, harder to win. But the Magic are routing these opponents. They beat Minnesota fairly comfortably. They beat Milwaukee by 18. They beat Atlanta by 16. Or by 18. They beat Milwaukee by 20, I believe. And then they beat New Orleans by 30. There are all these fun factoids that came out of out of this game. It was just the ninth time the Magic have won a road game by 30 or more points. It was the fir- It is the first four-game win streak for the Orlando Magic since December 2015. It is the first time the Magic swept a road, road trip of at least three games or more since 2009. It's the first 30-point road win for the Magic since the 23-point game against the Sacramento Kings in 2009. And probably more impressively, it is the first time the Magic have won three straight road games by more than 16 points in franchise history. All of that is not nothing. Yes, Orlando is playing weaker opponents. Yes, Orlando is playing teams that are struggling mightily right now. But they are dominating those teams. They are playing at an extremely high level and they are beating those teams up. These aren't close games. They are not eking these by. They are taking care of business. And like I said after uh, after the Hawks game, it is what Steve Clifford said, a professional victory. In fact, Steve Clifford was beaming, it seemed like, after the game, just how proud he was of his team. They took the lead early. They led by 22 after one quarter. They led by like 25, 26 points in that first quarter. They were blowing them out. It was a fight for the Pelicans just to score 10 points in the first quarter. Granted, New Orleans did cut the lead to 14 in the second quarter. Orlando's ball movement stopped. They weren't able to get to the, to the paint, to the rim as much. And then Steve Clifford called a timeout with about four minutes to go in the quarter. And Orlando got back control, stretched it out to 17. Nikola Vucevic providing a lot of stability offensively. And then coming out of the locker room, Orlando zoomed ahead by 20 and were never threatened again. The Pelicans just did not want to be there. They, I, I hate to say that they quit because I, don't, I, I think that's too harsh. But they weren't providing any challenge to the Magic. Orlando was getting really whatever it wanted offensively. Their defense was on point throughout the night. Lots of block shots for Jonathan Isaac. I think he had three. Uh, and Orlando protected the paint and protected the rim extremely well. They got rebounds. They, they did all the things they have to do. And it was just easy sailing to the very, very end of the game. There were some strong performances all around. It was another A-plus game for the Orlando Magic. This wasn't a, a case of the Magic facing a weaker opponent, letting them hang around a little bit too long, and then zooming ahead because they're just the better team at the end. This was the Magic just flat-out dominating from start to finish. This was an A-plus game from the Orlando Magic. They not only... they, they uh, Not an A-plus game. It was an A, A-minus game because they, they struggled with some shots. They had some, some lulls. But their defense was on point throughout the night. This was a solid, 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 solid performance for the Orlando Magic. One that they're going to have to continue to replicate to stay in this playoff race and to, to eventually take over if, if that's what they want, if that's what their goal is eventually, and it certainly should be. New Orleans just didn't deserve to be on the floor with them this night. That's 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 the other plain truth. New Orleans was just not 
on the scene, playing in the same league as the Magic in this game. And so Orlando got the win. They seemed satisfied with it. And they're on to the next, which of course is Thursday. I guess the Charlotte Hornets team that has beat them 13 straight times. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Let's run through the final box score for you. It was a good one for the Magic. Let's start with Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac with a career-high 20 points. He scored 16 in the first quarter alone. He shoots 7 for 18, 2 for 9 from beyond the arc. So still a little bit of a struggle there with his efficiency. I think that's really the next phase of his game is becoming a more consistent, efficient shooter. Um, But that's not really the important part of his game right now. Honestly, uh, with Isaac, I think the important part of his game is just having the confidence to shoot and having his teammates be confident in him to shoot. And that was the case early on in this game. Um, Orlando went to Isaac on two of the first three possessions. Got him a three on the wing. He pulled it, pulled it, no hesitation, wide open shot. You want him taking it every time. And he missed them both. But that never discouraged him. On his next possession, he caught the ball in the corner, got Anthony Davis on a pump fake, drove to the basket, and finished at the rim on a nice reverse layup. And from there, it was on and on and on. His defense was fantastic. Again, he blocked three shots, grabbed seven rebounds in addition to his 20 points. He worked the offensive glass really well to get two offensive rebounds. He was scrappy around there. He was deflecting passes. He was he was active all over the floor, and his offensive game was really working. Again, 16 of his 20 points in the first quarter really set the tone for the Magic. It was clear the Pelicans had the strategy, make Jonathan Isaac beat us, and, and that's still a strategy. I think a lot of teams are still hanging way off him. They're daring him to shoot. They want him. They want you. They want the Magic to beat. Have Isaac beat them from the outside. In this game, Isaac took that challenge and accomplished it. Beat him up with it. And that just had the, that made the Pelicans' whole system unravel. The Orlando Magic got contributions from everyone. Evan Fournier scored 22 points, 7 for 16, shooting 3 for 4 from beyond the arc, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. He was smart, effective off the dribble, effective with his passing game, a lot more catch and shoots. Evan Fournier starting to play like the Evan Fournier that we know and love. Nikola Vucevic was the rock once again for the Orlando Magic. 25 points, 17 rebounds, 3 assists, 10 for 18 shooting. Whenever the Magic, when the Magic were pushed in that second quarter and the lead cut, got cut down to 14, they sent the ball into Vucevic. He delivered. He made big play after big play, tough shot after tough shot that gave that just kept the Magic really steady and kept them from from falling apart. And, and it was definitely you know felt a little bit on the edge there. When Orlando reasserted themselves, especially at the beginning of the third quarter, game was over. New Orleans was not coming back from that. And a big credit of that goes to Aaron Gordon. I thought Gordon struggled a little bit in the first half, was really forcing some shots and really forcing some things. Had a difficult assignment on Anthony Davis. And, you know, while I think Davis's own effort levels probably led to some of his struggles, 
Aaron Gordon still helped hold him to one for one for nine shooting. It wasn't like Davis wasn't getting shots or wasn't taking shots that you know he might normally make. Gordon did a good job kind of pushing him out of the lane and and you know for a guy that again doesn't doesn't seem like he wants he's just kind of going through the motions. A little bit of physicality goes a long long way. Gordon with finished though six for ten from the floor. A lot of that coming in the second half to score twenty points. Four rebounds on top of that made all six of his three three uh, free throws. Both of his three pointers as well. Got going. Those two three-pointers came in the third quarters. Orlando expanded their lead out from 17 at halftime to what it became at 30. Uh, and, and Gordon was just really, really active, I thought, um, defensively. Thought really, really active offensively. Was still forcing some shots, but made them. It was just that kind of night for the Magic overall. Uh, not a lot of other notable scorers. Those those four guys all scored 20. Wessel Wundu had eight, a really solid effort from him. Ken Birch had six. Terrence Ross struggling again, but the Magic still winning three points, one for seven shooting. Uh, Orlando overall shooting. Uh, let me get the final stats. So they uh, Orlando actually did not shoot the ball particularly well in this game. That's that's I think one of the more impressive aspects of this game is that uh, Orlando won despite shooting forty four point two percent. They made thirteen of thirty two threes, which helped a ton. Wesso Wundu made two of his three three point attempts. Um, Isaiah Briscoe with six rebounds, eight assists, and uh, with three points as well. He did a really go- good job balancing and, and running the second unit. Uh, for, for Orlando, but Orlando with 21 of 22 free throws, 13 of 30, 20, 32 from beyond the arc, 44.2% shooting, 32 assists on 42 field goal makes, 12 offensive rebounds. That was all key. Orlando doing all those little things to make up for a poor overall field goal percentage to dominate this game. I mean, you look at the advanced box score, Orlando had a really solid offensive offensive night. 116.8 points per 100 possessions in this game. They average about 104. 106 now. Um, defensively, though, 87.1 defensive rating. Uh, New Orleans really just did not get anything going offensively throughout the game. Again, Anthony Davis just one for nine on the game for three points, the lowest he's ever scored in a game where he played at least 20 minutes. New Orleans shoots 38.3% from the floor, 10 for 29 from beyond the arc. They shoot just eight free throw attempts. That's magic levels bad. Um, they do have 21 assists on 36 field goal makes, but Orlando just shut them down. Etwan Moore with 19, Drew Holiday with 16, Julius Randle with 15. They had their scoring moments, but again, everything that New Orleans scored, they gave back up defensively. They, they're not a great defensive team to begin with. Their offense wasn't super engaged throughout the night. Orlando shut them down uh, and beat them pretty handily, as the score would indicate. Orlando defeats the New Orleans Pelicans 118-88. to Again, that is a four-game win streak. The Magic have now won six of their last seven games, and guess what? They're a game and a half back of the final playoff spot held by the Detroit Pistons and now three games back of the Brooklyn Nets for the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. Buckle up, folks. We're at the All-Star break and the Magic are in the playoff chase. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. 
Sometimes you and I need that kind of support too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For the last six years though, the feeling that the Magic have now and, and, and has been completely four. Like I said, this is the first four-game win streak the Magic have had since 2015. This is a group that, quite simply, hasn't experienced a lot of winning. And it's it's always a question of how does this group, how does this team handle a little bit of success? We've seen it before where the Magic have gotten out to fast starts, have, have put together uh, some wins in some meaningful moments earlier in the season, only to drop the ball. We've seen this team do that, where they had a four-game homestand against what seemed like easy opponents, and they let that slip through their fingers. You know, maybe that stretch of the season, maybe those games that they lost on the road trips where they had had big leads, maybe those games come back to bite them in the end. Maybe they don't. But the bottom line is, we don't know how this team will really react under pressure. Under the winning pressure that comes from late season games. From having to play these meaningful, pressure-packed moments where your season is truly on the line. And the other team's season is truly on the line. The last six years, by this time of the season, the Magic could kind of relax. They could kind of sit back and... You know, not sit back, but what they were playing for, going into the office, going into practice, the motivation levels were very, very low. And it's human nature for them to be low. It's not that they didn't work hard. It's not that they didn't try and win games. I think that they did. But like we saw with New Orleans, when you're not playing for anything, your desire to fight back goes away a little bit. You know, a team puts a run on you, you're not as likely to fight back and get the win because it's not as important to you. It's not, you know, it's not a thing. It's not important. It, it has no meaning. That's clearly not the case now. And, and, and we're going to see and ex- experience what this team does under that pressure. But for now, they are experiencing success. The Magic are one of the hottest teams in the league, having, again, won six of their last seven games. They're a team that is rising up the Eastern Conference standings, that's threatening to make the playoffs, that has all these goals still in front of them. A lot of Magic fans are certainly reveling in all of this. Hungry for something to believe in. Hungry to believe that this team can make that leap that's been missing for this franchise for so long. They're celebrating. They're excited. I I tweeted out a gif after the game. The Magic, with the win over New Orleans, got their 26th win. They are officially better than last year. That deserves some moment of celebration, does it not? The answer is no, it really doesn't. Maybe it does. I'm, I like those things. I'm interested in those things. It's, it's tangible progress, but it's really not. Because the ultimate end goal is to make the playoffs. The ultimate end goal is to be one of those 16 teams that has a chance to win the championship. And yeah, I know that that's silly to say as an 8 seed that you have a chance to win the championship, but... The New York Knicks almost did it in 1999. The reality is, this team knows it too. And, and, and what's really impressed me is kind of that even-tempered manner 
that we saw from Evan Forney, Nikola Vucevic, Aaron Gordon over the last four or five years that didn't get to use in these moments is now becoming one of the team's strengths. After the game, you know, Evan Forney was asked, you know, what's going what's going right with this win streak? You know, asked about the win streak and, and whether the team, you know, is is happy with its play. And, and I thought he really had the best quote of the night. He said, and I'm paraphrasing here, you know, it's great that we've won these games, but we can't celebrate. It's not the time to celebrate. We haven't done anything. We're still chasing this playoff spot. We're still a game and a half out. There's still teams to climb over. and So it's great that we're winning, but that's what we have to do to accomplish our goal. Evan Fournier has been through a lot of hell with this Magic franchise. A lot of bad seasons. And the line throughout those entire seasons when the team was doing well was to not get too high or not get too low. And the Magic have struggled with the get too low part and to some extent have struggled with the get too high part. When they did experience a little bit of success, it was fleeting. It didn't last because the team, you know, I wouldn't say celebrated, but the team rested a bit on laurels it hadn't earned. This Magic team is not making that mistake. You know, Dante Marcatelli in, in, in the Fox Sports Florida interview with Aaron Gordon mentioned that during a timeout, Aaron Gordon was, was trying to calm everyone down a bit as sort of a sign of we haven't done anything yet. Don't celebrate. Don't, you know, don't get too hyped over this win. Because there's a bigger goal out there. To me, this is the sign of, of a mature team. To me, this is the sign of a team that has been stung. And so I don't think, you know, I, I don't think they're going to sit there and, and, and say, you know, I think, and I think this happened a little bit last year. You know, they went eight and four. I think there was a feeling of, okay, you know, we, we just, we can kind of hit cruise control and we'll be fine. That wasn't the case at all, obviously. Things fell apart quickly. And, 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 I, and I think Evan Fournier was warning that this could fall apart quickly if we're not careful. We can't rest on our laurels. And I think there's a lot of lessons learned from that process. And I think Steve Clifford's been a great coach at keeping this team focused and dialed into what they need to do. I was surprised that Clifford complimented them so much after this game. You know, usually he's pretty pretty hard on the team, which is good. I think this team needs that. But we can all agree that, yes, the Magic are playing their best basketball, but now it's about doing it every single night. That's been what's eluded them. And the way Jonathan Isaac played early in the game, I thought showed exactly how even-tempered this team is and how in tune with the process, in tune with their teammates, in tune with the game plan they've become. At least in this stretch. Jonathan Isaac got two open shots and missed them. Great execution, great shot to take. He just missed them. But his teammates kept going back to him. His teammates found him again and he made a play and got himself going and got the team to, and, and was the key to breaking the New Orleans defense and defensive game plan. He got the team going. Yeah, he scored 16 points in the first, first quarter. I think a lot of people wanted to see him do more, but everything he did was within the offense. He didn't force any play. And it got the Magic going. Without those 16 points, the Magic don't, obviously, zoom ahead to the lead, but the Magic don't open up the space for everyone else. 
the way that they did. So that was an important play. That was an important time. And I think in previous, really even a month ago, Isaac would have been hesitant. I don't know if he would have had the confidence to attack off the dribble or to keep shooting threes when he was missing so much. And he missed one three really bad tonight. But it didn't matter. He kept going. And it didn't affect his defense. It didn't affect his mentality, those misses. That's the kind of maturity we're seeing from the Magic right now. That's the kind of... Desire to win isn't the right word, but that's, that's, that's what we're seeing from the team. Is this intense focus on the task at hand. Nothing more. And understanding that it is just a building block to what they want to accomplish. These four games, these, this three-game road trip was insanely impressive. To beat Milwaukee even without Giannis the way they beat Milwaukee, just dominating them almost from start to finish, was super impressive. To come to Atlanta the following night on a back-to-back, a difficult Central to Eastern time zone back-to-back, and to dominate the Atlanta Hawks throughout that game was really impressive. And then to finish it off against this New Orleans team, the way they did, those are three really impressive wins. Three, as Steve Clifford would say, professional performances. They came in, they did their work, and they're on to the next. And the fact that this is the mentality, the fact that the Magic are not sitting back and reveling a bit in this success, as small as it is, in the records and factoids that they've been bringing out, it's a sign that this team is truly ready to win. And right now, they're putting that into practice. They are not only saying the right things, they're finally doing the right things. And they realize it and they know it. And for now, they're in complete rhythm, executing at a high level, playing at a high level. And not only giving themselves a chance to win every game, but giving themselves a chance to really win every game. And against inferior opponents, and yeah, I'm going to say it, These were inferior, I mean, New Orleans was certainly an inferior opponent tonight. Against inferior opponents, they're giving themselves the chance to dominate and then move on to the next. I want to thank you all again for listening to another episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Have a look at the Magic's rebounding coming up today on Orlando Magic Daily. Definitely check that out. And also check out my Q&A with Christopher Klein of The Sixer Sense talking about Markel Fultz. We'll hear a little bit more about Markel Fultz later on in the week as uh, he will be made available to media, I'm told, uh, later on this week. But until then, we'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Magic. So until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.